2: Hello and welcome to All Stats Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alderson, the Calvin and Nonto hug of the podcast. Aw isn't that cute? And I'm joined today by the Archie Grey first pro, pro contractor of the podcast, Martin Riley. Aw, isn't that cute? And finally, I'm joined by the Ella Road bomb scare of the podcast. Is he forty two? Is he twenty? Is he Diego Lorente? It's Dan Holdsworth. Dan, how are you? Not too bad, mate, and,
1: and, and I'm more than 42 as well, <laughs> I shouldn't admit. But yeah, great to be back on my uh, second podcast.
2: At least you're not Diego Lorente. No, that's true. worse. <laughs> no, I'm more reliable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you've turned up twice and not got injured, so that's definitely <laughs> But Not conceded the goal yet either. Uh, Martin, how are you doing? I'm, I'm well, I'm well.
0: I've had a very lovely enchilada for my tea, uh, chicken enchilada with lots of cheese on
2: top, so I'm happy and ready to go. What about you, Dan? Have you eaten anything nice today? Well, I've,
1: I was, I've had a day off work, actually, so I had a nice pub lunch today, and it was very old school, and I had um, I had scamping chips, so that was great. And a chocolatey care this play this afternoon, so, you know, I'm well fed. All sounds very nice.
2: Yeah. I've, I've, I've just got some chocolate next to me, just a snack as we, as we record, so if I fumble over a question, it's because I've got a mouthful of chocolate. So apologies in advance. Okay, so um, as there's no real football on at the moment, as we all know, international football doesn't count as, as real football, um, we thought we'd just fill the first half of the podcast with a Q&A. So we've put out um, a couple of tweets out in the last week or, and we've also asked for uh, questions from the Discord and um, just to sort of hit hit all the questions that you guys have got about, about Leeds at the moment. Uh, so we'll get, get straight into it. So this question's from Joe on Twitter. Is there a place for Rutter in Gracia's system or has Otter blown 30 million? Um, Martin, I'll come to you on the first one, because I think you had quite a lot you wanted to say. Uh, yeah, um,
0: yeah. Well, on Rutter, um, obviously I'd, I did um, an article on him and I've probably watched more of him than most other guys on um, All stats that way, so yeah, I've, I'm quite familiar with his game, and I, I don't think at the moment he's really shown what he's able, able to do. Um, I think that he is still probably getting to grips with the difference in physicality. Um, that I know, obviously, the German league isn't exactly not, non, non-physical, but it's, I think it's a different sort of physicality in, in, in the English league, so it does take some adapting. Um, and I, I wouldn't say we have blown thirty million uh, by any stretch of the word. However, I would say that maybe he was the wrong striker for us to go for at this moment in time, because when when we signed him, we kind of needed someone who was going to slot in straight away and who would be able to make an impact. And I think that wasn't going to happen with him immediately. I think that he was always going to take some time to get used to things, and we could maybe have gone for um, someone else who may have be able, able to uh, adapt better. Someone like uh, uh, Giocares, if I'm saying his name right, I'm probably but- butchering it. Um, but yeah, uh, he would probably have adapted a little bit faster than what he will be able to. But I do think in the future, he will be, be able to come good for us very very well. Um, I think he's got all, a lot of tools at his disposal which once he develops them a bit more and refines some things in his game I do think that he could be, be very good for us especially if he's playing alongside another striker up front that's where he's best suited is to play in the front two that's where he's played for all of his football is um, either on the left or the right of the front two so I do think that if we can get that out of him more often, if we can see him alongside either Bamford or Rodrigo, I do think that in the future we could see a very good player in there. But for this season, yeah, it's it, we may not see too much of an impact from him. So, so it's, people will always say because we've spent this much money on him that we should expect an immediate impact but that I don't think that's the way I, I saw it, even though some people have expected it. I'm not sure. What do you think on this one, Dan?
1: Well, I think the, the specific question around does he suit Grassi's system over rivers, I think, well, Grassi tends to play like a, a 4-4-2, doesn't he, or a four two three one. So I think there is space for a forward-light-rutter like in that kind of system, be that at the second striker or the 10, or perhaps even on the right-hand side, um, coming in narrow. Um, but yeah, basically, I agree with you, Martin. I think it's it wasn't the play we needed now, but... He looks to be a you know a talented high ceiling player. Um, there are some elements of his game I do really like, and I think he's, he, he looks to be a fun player. He's a player I'm looking forward to see develop. Um, but yeah, we, we should have just bought Guekkouris. <laughs> Absolutely, would have been you know would have would have been able to share the minutes with Bamford and you know play that kind of traditional number nine role, which is what we really needed. Um, I mean, one thing I'm kind of curious about, and I can't make my mind up, is you know, does do we see Rutter? Be becoming the number nine long term, you know. Do we think he has the attributes to, to, to finally become that player in time? I'm not convinced completely, but he, you know he does have. You know, he's quite a big guy, and his touch is quite good. Um, I just don't know if he, if he, if he, if he has the kind of movement and kind of where all to go to work against the centre backs that, that we would need to be number nine. But you know, that's that's a question back to you, Martin. Really, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, well, in uh, he hasn't really played. I assume when he says number nine as a, a loan yeah striker, do you mean yeah yeah um I, I do think he has got some things which he needs to improve in that respect um his hold up play especially is something which does need improvements i don't think he's really got used to the way to really use his body because he has got qu- quite a, a big frame but i don't think he's really using that frame to his advantage very well he does use it to his advantage when he when he's moving w- with the ball he's very good at carrying the ball and his long strides quick pretty similar to the way bamford moves the ball I, I think is it so his long strides can help him with that and he's he can turn with the ball quite quickly as well for someone as tall as he is. I think i think he's um six two i think something like that six foot two, somewhere around that so he's pretty good at moving for, for his size um but yeah I, I do think it is something that we could see in the future because he is what is he 2021 20, so he's yeah so, so he's very young still and if you think it that's the same age as joffy right or is it Joffrey a little bit older? So
1: around that age, I think. Yeah, I'm not certain. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah the similar ages, so I, th- I think there's still plenty of time for him to develop and improve the things which he would need to become a long nine. But um, we'll see how if that that goes. Obviously, we're, we're quite likely to have a new manager in the summer, um, depending on how things go. So we could well sit, see him in a lone striker or or whatever, depending on what the new manager is up to.
2: Yeah, I think for me, we definitely. I think there was that the Fulham cup game and one of the games either side. We actually saw some r- real quality from Rutter, which I think was the f- the first time we'd seen that. Because I think um, a lot of fans' opinion on Rutter is tainted by his first couple of the sub appearances where he came on and just he looked sort of probably a bit lethargic, didn't sort of know where he fit. Which is fair enough, like he's joined a new club. He also hadn't played for a month because of the winter uh, winter break in Germany, and then he's joining a new club and he's got to get up to speed. So I think with time I and mean, just game time, getting used to a system, either that are is or a new manager in the summer. I think I I can definitely see him coming good, and I I don't think we'll see that thirty million as blown money. Even if it was, it might potentially be an overpay, but I don't think it'll look that much of an overpay, to be honest. If it doesn't end up looking like that, but um, I definitely agree with what you guys were saying about he wasn't probably the right striker for us at that time. Uh, we yeah probably needed more of a classic nine, but yeah, I think I think he'll come good, and I'm. Like you say, Dan, he's a, he's a he looks like a fun player and I'm always up for having fun players play for Leeds. Um, next question is from Udav on Twitter and he's saying, Ailing hasn't been good defensively, but can we really drop him when most of our progression goes through him and our centre-packs don't really add much to our in-possession game? Uh, Dan, I'll come to you on this one.
1: No, um, I don't think we can. I mean, I accept the, the premise of the question. I think Ailing does have some deficiencies defensively and I think... There are weaknesses there, but I just don't think the trade-off... Is, I think the trade-off's too big. So if we, placed, if, we, if we played Rasmus Christiansen in his place, who probably is a stronger defender than, than Ailing, I think that's fair. fair. But I don't think um, the drop-off in, in progression is worth it. I don't think the trade-off's there um, when we play Rasmus. I mean, when we play Rasmus, the, the ball just gets stuck on the right side. We you know we don't progress. We've become very one-sided team. I mean, I think we're quite a left-sided team anyway, but even more so with our Ailing. So I, th- I think, don't think the trade-off's worth it, and I think we can... We can mitigate Ailing's defensive deficiencies somewhat by, you know, playing the right players in front of him. You know, maybe Adams protecting him a little bit from central midfield areas, that kind of thing. So, no. Yeah, just just to sort of build on that,
2: with um with it, it's obviously obvious it's obvious to us that um Ailey is probably the weaker of our defenders at the moment, or at least our full Um, is there anything, Martin, that we could perhaps do to help um Ailing out, like like Dan mentioned, like either one of the wingers or the midfielders, uh, helping him out because the, the ball progression he does provide is important to the way we play.
0: Yeah, there's definitely things we can do to help him out, um, try to make sure he's not isolated with a, a winger, because especially if he's up against someone with a bit of pace and a bit of trickery, he's... He's, he's knocking on now. let's face it. <laughs> I know that, I'm I'm what five years older than Ailing, and me at 33. I'm sorry, he's no, he's 31, isn't he? Not 33. So I, actually, I'm seven <laughs> years older than, than him. So yeah, so me at 31, I wouldn't have been looking forward to coming along. <laughs> Lights of uh, Martinelli and the rest of the Premier League wingers. But yeah, if we can get which whoever is the um, right-sided midfielder to drop in to help him out. I th- I do think we do, they do try to do that, but sometimes it, it can be difficult, especially in transitional moments, to get that support to him quickly. So uh, I think we, we, we do just have to try to put up with that um, downside to his game, I think, because especially if we want him to try to keep hold of the ball more, especially in some of these games coming up, not necessarily against Arsenal, because I don't think we're going to have much in the way of possession, but in the games after that against um, Forest and Palace... Um, we will need him in, in the team to progress the ball. There's, he's so much better at it than what Christensen is and I do think the trade-off is worth it to keep him in the side for what he, he can do on the ball, personally.
1: That's probably a reason why um, Grassy's persisted with Harrison on the right, because Harrison does do a great job, doesn't he, protecting his fullback, back um, Even though you lose some of Harrison's attacking output when he's, when he's stuck on the right side compared to when he's on the left, so I think that's probably a reason why. Could it could it be a case, and we might
2: touch on this in the Arsenal preview in the second half of the pod, but in those games where we, we see possession, could it be better maybe trailing not to play and go for Christensen if we know um, that we're going to be doing more defending, or would he still want Ailing to play because when we need that attacking upside, he's there?
0: Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Um, I, I wouldn't be 100% against um... Christensen starting against against Arsenal, to be honest, I, I wouldn't be say won't say no. I'd be, I'd be that'd be awful, um, because like we said, he is a better defender, especially one v one than what Ailing is, so I wouldn't be against it. Um, but in the, those games like I mentioned before, against um, Forest and Palace, those, are those games where you definitely one hundred percent want Ailing in there over him for me.
2: Right, so um, sticking with full-backs then, um, I don't. I haven't written down who asked this question, so sorry if we've not credited you here, but um, this question is, is Junior furpo a reliable option for us at left-back going into next season? Martin?
0: Uh, I think we're too early in the Junior furpo redemption to say for sure yet, personally. Um, yes, he has looked very good, and I've been happy with the way he's been contributing for a while now. Um, I don't think he's had a gay, a bad game since Marsh was sacked. Uh, you could call that coincidence if you like, but I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, especially...
1: Michael Tucker gets hold of him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that matchup. I can see a lot of tactical fouls happening in that in that half because he won't be able to keep up with him. And not many full-backs can, in all honesty. He's going to be a nightmare for us. Uh, but yeah, Firpo, I think he, he had an, an interview, I think it was on the official Leeds pod, and he talked about... Um, the differences um, since, well I didn't say since Marsh left but under here I think it was and the fact that he said that he had more options in possession um, to pass the ball to, he mentioned specifically um, having to having a winger ahead of him rather than the winger being more central So he, and he's not having to pass into crowded areas so he's been able to do more in possession, he's been able to underlap, he's been able to overlap and be able to see more of the uh, full-back which we wanted from Barcelona <laughs> and r- rather than the, the version that we ended up getting. Um And it's also a less intensive system, so it means that he's been able to not, not have to do as much work off the ball as what he has been done, do, doing under first of all Bielsa and then under under Marsh. I don't think it really suits the way he is physically. Because especially if he's if he's got if he's bust along getting forward and then having to get back, I don't think he has the stamina in his tank to be able to do that often enough. And you can see him blowing quite easily. Um, but if he continues with the way that he is currently going um, under Grazia, and I do think it is something which we should note that it is a, a reliable option for us next, for, for next season, and it could maybe mean that we only have to bring in a, a left back as backup rather than another first choice a young left back you know most clubs have you know more than one natural left back um just saying Victor Arter, this it is allowed for a club to have two nay three left backs in your team um two at f- first team level and maybe one in the under 21s because do we have a, a natural there, there's, there's left one back? in the club
2: there's one in the one. club not not just in the, tw- in the first team there's one in the club in total
0: yeah, yeah, that is something which needs to be addressed. Does he have a, an allergy against left backs, Victor? Orta? Does, does he, he sees them and they just get a rash, or can he only have two, one, one around him at all times? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think on this one, Dan?
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, on the left back point, you held that Rotherham is playing left back at the moment. I think he's he's pretty much uh, starting week in week out left back. So you know, maybe there is a, another option there. Um, but on, on the furpo um, I think it's manager dependent so if if grassy is the manager next year then yep I think Furpo's fine in that kind of more um, conservative type system that Grassier plays where he's got protection and cover around him um, I think Furpo's doing well I think he's probably fit as well which is part of that as well um, if we end up with a manager next year who is perhaps more transition heavy more press heavy you know looking to be more aggressive again then I would perhaps want the club to go out and buy a, a full that can handle that.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's like the Marsh systems and to a lesser extent, but st- still else system just didn't play, didn't suit Bielsa, um, didn't suit Firpo at all. But yeah, it's when we're sort of more set up, more sound defensively, you can see that upside there. Um, but yeah, I would definitely want to get another younger left-back in for when Furpo inevitably gets injured. But also, he Which be. he will, yeah. yeah and just or someone that can make maybe slightly different profile, just so we, in case we, we'll, we would change system perhaps. But yeah, um, I, I am quite enjoying the Firpo Redemption arc. To be honest, um, it was a bit of a surreal experience at the Southampton game when the everyone was chanting his name. I was like, I, I think I was, I've, <laughs> I've woken up here from, oh, I'm in a dream.
1: Bit of an odd one, but I think he's a talented footballer. Yeah. <laughs> obviously on the ball. There's, a, there's a talented footballer there. He's, you know. You, when he combines with with his winger and, and gets around the outside, his some of his some of his low drill crosses are quite good, aren't they? Across the box, you know, he, he combines quite well. He carries the ball quite well. He's quite a big guy, isn't he? So he can he can he can you know, he can haul players off. So he does have some upside, but yeah, it's just his recovery pace and his ability to get back into shape defensively is just is is, is a big weakness. So yeah, it's all about the setup, isn't it? Really.
2: Okay, so this this next question um, was actually I think it was raised by someone in our group chat, wasn't it? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think who. It was Tom, Tom Tom Wilson. I think Tom Wilson. Yeah. Um. So he just asked, "What profile do you feel we are missing most in our central midfielders?" Uh, who wants to go on this one?
1: Well, I, I've got a thought, and this is just—I don't know if this is just a response to the Wolves game, but I was like, that game was crying out for Adam Forshaw. Sure, yeah. I thought, yep. you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not necessarily think. Um, I don't know if that's the right profile going forward, but I just think someone that could. So we've got rocker who's a good passer of the ball but it's quite a, quite an aggressive vertical passer isn't he and he doesn't necessarily look just to play square play retain possession he doesn't pass and move the way Foreshaw doesn't you know so i just think someone of, of more of a horizontal uh, player like Foreshaw who could who could retain things could help us in quite a big way in the run in um so you know is is there a is there a foreshore region out there somewhere? That's that's perhaps what I'd look for.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I was when I was watching the Wolves game with my brother, and I was like, "Is foreshore on the bench? Can we get him on just to just someone to like find space, press resistant, pass the ball off, and keep it moving, and just take the sting out of yeah. the game?" That's just exactly what we needed at that that time. I thought, and if we, especially if is well, if Gracia stays, then it would definitely need someone of that profile because none of our midfielders really suit. I think what Gracia wants to go for. Um, but I think under another manager, it's just nice to have that option as well. Um, what about you, Martin? Do you, do you agree or you, is there another profile you'd like to see?
0: Uh, Forshaw regen region um, would be good. I would like to see, a, 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 a try to get a profile similar to that. Um, maybe someone who is able to, to carry the ball and manoeuvre the way out of um, pressing situations and turn it into a positive rather than um, just passing the ball away all the time. Um that's what I'd like someone. And the, the closest profile we've got to that is that uh, D- Darko J. B. And I don't think he's see, he's seen as being ready to be near, near the first team because recently he's not even been making the bench. Right, um, is Archie Gray got on the bench over him against Wolves, so it doesn't seem like for whatever reason, um, he's close to. Being near the first team level, I'm not sure if that is real or not. If it's a, if it's something which is in training, maybe that they're not liking his game or what it is. But uh, it's annoying because I do want to see him try, tried more because that. I think he has. He, he got a couple of games as a sub. He got under Marsh, right? And
1: I don't yeah, think I he think did too. He...
0: I, I don't think he did badly in those games. From what I remember, it was a while ago now, and lots happened since then.
1: Um, Played against Man City at yeah, home.
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I do think we need to try him out more, but if we're not wanting to trust in him, get someone more senior who is like that. Um, one who we've actually seen play recently is um, Mario Lamina. I absolutely loved him I in Foot for Wolves. He was great. Someone that, like that who's, who is able to break lines with carrying the ball is ideally what I think we need in our midfield options. Because, like we said, we've got Rocker, who's a good passer, and we've got Adams, who's a good disruptor and just generally a pit bull. And we've got McKennie, depending on whether we end up signing him or not, who can carry the ball, but I don't think he's massively press resistant. I, I'm not sure if, he, if he's as press resistant as I'd want. So yes, yeah, so, 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 but it all depends on, on what happens with McKenny, I guess, um, whether we do end up signing him, it's this gentleman's agreement or whatever it's meant to be. I, I really don't believe it's, it's a gentleman's agreement. I believe there is an option in there. I'm not sure where that suddenly come from. But yeah, that's what I'd like.
2: If if I was asked you to pick something that isn't Adam for sure. What would you both say? And I've sprung that one on you, but
1: you've sprung that on me. Yeah. So I guess, I guess it's just it, it. It's that kind of two-way midfielder, isn't it? It's probably a really good two-way midfielder. Someone who's going to come back and contribute in in, in defensive uh, phases, but also can receive under pressure and turn out of turn out of pressure and you know and get the get us on our get get us up the field. So that kind of play. So yeah, it's just it's it's a senior GAB. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it really, yeah, would be yeah, ideal. Sounds good to me. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, perhaps someone who, who perhaps does offer some, some kind of form of creativity, but we're not looking for a pure creator, but someone who can maybe drive out of the midfield into the forward line a little bit might help. Might be nice.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have any names off the top of my head. I've it's been a while, I'm a bit out of the loop with players who are liking other things that aren't leads. have uh, been focusing mainly on leads to my de- probably detriment. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, maybe I need to start watching more to try to find some
1: Options. He Who was, he was the he was the other guy we were linked with in um, in Johnny, the Moroccan guy,
0: was it Unai or something? <laughs> Unai. Unai. Yes. Unai. Yes. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He I think to
1: remember his profile because he was kind of like you know kind of an attack-minded 8 wasn't he? Yeah, he? yeah, he was. He
0: is very good. He's very press-resistant. I remember him from yeah. in, the, in the World Cup against Brazil. He was fantastic in in that game. Just, um constantly evading pressure. He's good with carrying the ball. So yeah, if um, <laughs> we had gone gone for Unai and. How much did he go for in the end? very low no, amount, not, wasn't it, it? wasn't
2: as much as... It was like half of what was mentioned, wasn't it? Like, they were talking about ridiculous te- money. Yeah. It, was like, yeah. it was
0: around 10 million, and uh, the quoted figures for us was about 25. And yeah. I, I guess that's Premier League tax. But you'd think when they heard that he was going for that amount, that was oh, just nip in and say, oh, well, we can give you 15 if you want. <laughs> you'd have thought so, but who knows?
2: Okay, so um, the next question comes from a guy called John McKenzie. Um, you might have heard of him. Um, he asks, how much of the perceived improvements under Gracia are simply the result of a change of system which we find more aesthetically acceptable? Uh, Dan, I'll come to you on this one.
1: Um, I find this question hard to answer. It's a great question, but I find it hard to answer because so much of me being happy with Gracia is that it's not Marsh. <laughs> and that's an emotional response. Um, and, I, and, it, and it's quite hard to unpick. And, 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 it's, and it's also a little bit hard to... Truly measure how better we are, uh, how much better we are under Grassier than we are uh, we're under Marsh, because I mean, first fair against Wolves and, and and Brighton, we kind of we rode that variance train a little bit, didn't we? You know, we, those games could have gone a different way quite easily with the chances we gave up. Um, and the Southampton game was a quite narrow victory, you know. In, in, so it's not been a slam dunks from Grassier, has it? But it just, I just, I just feel like we've got a, a more conservative style, which is probably probably suits the situation a bit better than Marsh. Um, I feel like the guy is seems to be quite adaptable. There's been a few changes in games which I've liked and that have worked. I mean, I thought, <laughs> laugh, but Rasmus Christensen was a good sub for Nanto. No one saw that one coming, but it worked quite well. Um, I think the attacking changes we made against Brighton late in the game got us back in that game and probably got us the equaliser or you know, got us in a situation where we're back in the game. So I think the guy is quite adaptable. I think the conservative style is good. Uh, I'm not totally sold on him now, and you know anything's better than marsh
2: yeah is it is it martin is it the case that the results have been better and there seems to be a perceived idea of control watching the games um or is there is that is, is well are there other is that is that the reason why we're all a bit more favorable to Gra than we were under marsh
0: well see for me the change in aesthetics itself does definitely come into play um but I personally wouldn't say that the football we've been playing is my ideal aesthetic um it's a little closer to it but it's still too transitional for my liking but it has been effective and whether variance is cause it or not it is getting results um we've, we've seen specific changes made to address opponents like the dimensions that we saw at brighton and that's not something we really saw of much under marsh there were a few minor tweaks here and there where we'd shift to uh a little bit of a mid-block rather than a full high press against better opponents um, but that's a pretty standard thing for me, whereas what we saw against Brighton was not only a change in the aggressiveness of our press and the style of press it was also changing where players were stood in the press so it was quite a bit of a change to what we'd normally see and it was very, very passive in comparison to what we normally see so that was specifically responding to an opposition threat so those are the sort of improvements which I'm seeing on the Gratio and Liking more than the, the actual aesthetic of the games that we've been seeing. Um, and although it is a small sample, it's a good thing to see so far. And we also don't have any huge glaring weaknesses when it, when it comes to defending, which we had on Dimash, um, which have been addressed quite quickly. And we ha- have we conceded one of, one of those... Classic marsh goal since scratch has come in where we a, foot, a full back or winger has been in acres of space. Nope. I didn't. I didn't think so. No. Uh, so yeah. So to answer the question, no, I, I don't feel the perceived improvements are because I find the football more pleasing aesthetically because it's not the best football that we that we've seen. Obviously, obviously, the aesthetic I love most was Bielsa Ball. <laughs> so, so something like that or a less intense version of that would be my. Ideal aesthetic.
2: Yeah, it's it's been the change out of possession really, hasn't it, that has probably all calmed us down a bit. Like instead of the frantic press around we're just trying to get the ball back, it's get back into your shape. Don't sort of don't make it easy to create big chances because the the in possession stuff has been a bit meh, really. Um a way outside of like that first goal. Against Wolves, where there was actually like a nice bit of play by Nonto, nice cross cross back to Harrison. I think like I like the the Chelsea game comes to mind for some, um, some reason. Like I thought we were a bit mad in that one, and I know it was first game Southampton, but we was a lot of and I know they were sitting deep. There was a lot of sort of circling it around the back. Um, I think the in possession will improve. This it's generally easier. Well, I'm saying this with no coaching experience, but I think it's probably easier to implement a, an improved out of possession structure than a in-possession structure quickly when you've come to a club in the middle of a season. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you guys. It's, it's not what I want aesthetically for me. I just think the, the less chaotic nature of the game is um, where I think I've seen the improvements and I just the fact that we're not going to concede goals really easily it just makes it um, more palatable for me with Grassy compared to Marsh. Cool, so... Um, we're gonna to touch on managers now. Now I will caveat this and say we're not gonna do a deep dive into like which managers are gonna come in and look into that in much detail. Just more of a broader discussion because I'm sure if Gracia leaves, we will beat that drum to death in the summer. Um, so next question then: If Gracia isn't with us next season, what style of football would you guys like to see us play?
0: Um, personally, um, I would like to see something which uh, something which is Pretty pressy in the right circumstances. Something which is uh, someone who is adaptable and doesn't always have the same game plan for every opponent. I know it was something which was charming under Bielsa, but I think most of us saw that uh, under certain games we had to try to adapt things. And I love that dogmatism in him, but I don't want another dogmatic manager. (laughs) I want someone who is a bit more flexible and who is maybe willing to adapt. Um, But someone who does want to keep hold of the ball more Someone who has good in ideas, who is able to implement a structure which will help us to not crumble under pressure. Um, that is the sort of thing I want from, from in deeper areas and going forward. Continue using the width that we've seen under on, on Grazia. That's what I love to see as well, is, is playing with width. That's maybe one of the aesthetics that I have enjoyed under Grazia, maybe. Um, but yeah, so if we do, don't have Grazia with us next season, um, I think that I'll. Uh, actually we don't want to go too much into into the managers but of the ones that we have um been linked to i think my preference probably would be iron slot personally i think that's more c- closer to what i've seen of, of him anyway i haven't watched enough of him yet to, to say for sure but he does seem like the sort of manager i'd like
1: How about you dan yeah similar an- answer to um martin really um i would use the same name slot i think of the of the of the names that were linked he's the one that I feel without knowing tons about the guy, I've seen a little bit of his final team um, would be closer to an ideal style, you know, fairly aggressive, but without being totally in your face, like Marsh and to an extent Bielsa's football was Um, quite possession heavy. So I think his teams, you know, look look to maintain and recycle the ball and and keep the ball and and try and, you know, make, make opportunities through possession, through, you know, through steady possession, which I think would be nice to see. so, the, yeah, that would be my ideal. I mean, the actual ideal is probably Deserby, but we missed the boat there. So, <laughs> so, so you know, the options that are, that are left. Yeah, Slot, someone like Slot.
2: Yeah, sounds sounds good to me. Um, I'll I'll move on to the. I'll just do one more question now because I am just looking at the time. We're about half an hour in already. Um. So, I'll the last question I'll go for is: as it seems like we will be we will be likely to make a big sale each year, who do you guys think that that should be the sacrificial lamb this year, Dan?
1: I'm trying to work out who would go for a big fee at the moment. And and right now, um, I think the biggest fee we're going to generate would be from Nanto. Um, but I think is a, a player that we should keep hold of for some time because that big fee could be even bigger. I'd be confident it would be even bigger in a year or two years down the line. So I'd like the club to hold the nerve on Nanto. And, and I feel similar about Melier as well. I feel like he's potentially quite a big sale down the line, but I think he's, he's going through a bit of a an up and down season, to be fair, but I still, I still believe he's gonna, you know, he's gonna finish up a top goalkeeper. So I think on those two, um, I'd, I'd rather we just stick at the moment and and, and take a, a longer term view. So I don't know if there's anybody else that would generate a massive, massive fee. Um, so I wonder if we might see, or I would like to see potentially, you know, the likes of maybe Rodrigo and Harrison and maybe a Tyler Adams or someone. You know, not all of them, but one or two of those go if if that means that we can, you know, to, to, to fund a rebuild rather than one big sale that, that would be the way I would go and there's also the guys like Dan James I don't know what we get for him but and Tyler Roberts and those guys you know if, if we can raise money from those so ideally I think I'd rather see a few go of these kind of second order players rather than, than one big sale yeah with, with
2: someone like Rodrigo at the age he's at and after he's had a pretty positive season it, it might like a smart club would probably sell them sell him in the summer um, yeah and the same with Tyler Adams I think he's I think he's regarded quite positively um, for the work he's done this year. But if you're looking to move to a more like possession style of football, then maybe he doesn't suit that. And you actually, his highest sell-on fee might be now. So, yeah, I can see both of those. Um, what about you, Martin? Who who would you think?
0: Well, I think the most likely one to be sold is maybe Harrison um, because we've seen interest in him in January. Um, so And we don't know how he himself feels uh, that he was shipped out and then changed change the mind last minute if that is what happened so we, we don't know how he's feeling if he wants to make a move he's been with us for a while now as well so you never know he, he might want to try new pastures um personally though I, I don't want it to be harrison i think he's very tactically fle- flexible and he seems to pick up new ideas quite quickly um he did at least in the early, early days with under marsh last season i think he was one of the few one of the ones who was picking up what Marsh wanted quite quickly, even though he's a player who I didn't think was going to because he always excelled in wide areas, but he was quite effective towards the end of um, last season. He hasn't; he didn't show it as much this season. But maybe that's because <laughs> Marsh got his ideas implemented properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but personally, I would like to see us move on Rodrigo if he continues on his with his goal scoring form the way he has been and significantly o- of his expected goals constantly. Um, I do think that we should try to cash in if we can if we get someone who is stupid enough to. <laughs> I, know I sound really harsh on him there because he has been good for us this season, but I think at the age of now, if we do get an offer for him, I think I do think we, sh- we should look at it because he's one of our highest earners. I think, and if we if we can get him off before he gets too old, then that that will be good for me. Um, and I don't think he's going to continue on this goal-scoring form. He's never done it um, in the past in his, throughout his career, so I can't see him continuing it into an, another season personally. Um, Dan, do you have anything there? I think you saw your hand up.
1: Well, I've just, i just one, one name that's been in the media a little bit recently, but there's been a little bit of speculation around, and it is Robin Cock, Um around his future now? Again, somebody we could probably get a reasonably decent fee for. Don't think he'd be that hard to replace. I mean, I'm happy with him. I think he's played pretty well this season. been one of our more consistent performers and I'd be more than happy for him to stay. But, you know, if we need to raise, I don't know, 18 million or whatever to help, to help fund a the transfer then that might be a good option and that, and I think we could replace him probably you know fairly and easily yeah. yeah in terms of what he brings yeah
0: I would I agree with that if um, someone does come in for cock I wouldn't be against um selling him I'll I'd be happy to keep him as well I think he is he's a good center back for the sort of club we are um, he's just, I don't think he'll ever be a centre-back who plays for a, a big side. A top Sorry, not, not big side. We are a big side, of course. We're elite. We're massive. He won't be ever good to play for one of the elite sides of the world. But for a club like us who is probably wanting to get towards mid-table, I think he is good enough for a, a mid-table Premier League side. So I will be happy to keep him. But if we do sell a few players this summer um, who maybe wouldn't fit um, a more possession-based system, if that's the way we go, which I hope it is, do not let Victor Art choose a new coach, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, if we can make a few sales to rebuild and get get some more players who will suit a more possession-friendly system, that would do me.
2: Yeah, it's like to me, it sounds like there's a lot of players that we could move on for a sort of medium-sized fee. Um, but I think a lot of it will depend on the manager, won't it? Who was there next year and who who would suit his style? Because yeah, there's I wouldn't mind selling a f- two or three players for like medium fees to get players better suited to a hopefully more possession based manager. I will just add that I I have got a nagging bit in my mind that I think it might be a good time to move Melier on, but I think that's gonna bite me in the arse as well, that comment. So and Darren's probably banging <laughs> on my door now, so I'll I'll leave that there and we can um we'll finish off the Q&A. In that case we'll now move on to the Arsenal preview for the the match on Saturday. So, um does one of you guys want to start by giving us a bit of information on how Arsenal play under Arteta?
1: They generally line up in a listed as a 4-3-3, you might sometimes see them as a, listed as a 4-2-3-1, which which kind of represents the defensive shape more than their attacking shape or more than in possession shape. tend to play quite they're quite an aggressive team. They're quite pressy. Uh, they go after the opposition. They are very much possession heavy. At the moment, they're, they've got quite a settled team. So I think the, the back lines like to be Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko. I think that's going to be the back four. Uh, your midfield will be Odegaard, Parties, Xhaka. um, Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli, or perhaps Trossard in the front line. So that's the kind of team I'd expect to see play. What they do is they do quite an interesting thing in possession. This is something that John John Mackenzie, formerly of this parish, pointed out in one of his good TIFO videos. And what they do is they form this really interesting box midfield. So the kind of the way it works is the so when the, when they're in settled possession, you'll find that the Zinchenko will sit into the midfield and, and kind of join a double pivot alongside Party or whoever's in the midfield. And Granite Xhaka will move up there with Odegaard and they'll kind of form a box midfield and they'll kind of try and dominate that central area. So they'll have the four essentially central midfield players sat in front of a back three with the, with the, with the front three in front. And it's just a really, really interesting way of kind of getting uh, tactical superiority in numbers in midfield where they can dominate play and try and suck the opposition in and then dominate that central area. And then you'll find that they'll do a big switch out to one of the wingers who, who, who t- tend to stay high and wide. And I just think that's... Um, that's probably you know that, that's that's a pretty subtle way of playing and I, and it's a really really interesting tactical sort of adaptation I've seen this year from them. So I'm not sure how that's going to affect Leeds really. I think what it'll mean is that we have to be really cautious and and not get drawn too much into that central area because otherwise then you know their wide players and their pace out wide will hurt us.
2: Yeah, to me it sounds like we can't leave them space out wide because they'll they'll kill us. But they've also got a box filled midfield so they'll they'll kill us there as well. So. It's yeah. Well, they're top for a reason. They're just, like going through it there. They just they've got a lot of strengths, haven't they? Martin, what do we expect the structure and lineup to look like for the Arsenal game? Or what? What? Because obviously Arsenal are a top team, so we'd like we might set up differently. But what? What? What are your thoughts on this? I think uh, some
0: of this depends on um, which uh, the players who are injured. During the international break, um, Verba and Nonto both pick up knocks and had to be taken off. So I think that will be dependent, but I'm going to assume that they're not ready, just because that's the Leeds way. And so I think it means we'll probably see a back four of um, Ailing, Cock, Stroke and Firpo with McKenney and Rocker in midfield, because Adams is probably likely to be out for a while, I think. Um, so... I'm intrigued if we may seem to, to try out Rodrigo and Bamford up front from the start. Uh, both do seem to be fit and ready, um, but I do think we'll probably be most likely to see Bamford and Aronson up front. I think you will probably want um, our best pressers um, in in the front line for if we do need to press. So and people who've got good work rate to keep in shape for for a long period of time. Um, and I think we'll probably see Harrison and Somerville on the on the flanks. Um, it's Potential, we could see Rutter involved. Uh, who knows? I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that, if I'm honest. Uh, s- someone who is able to carry the ball better, better than... Well, m- more reliably than Aronson, I think. <laughs> Maybe he can, he can re- definitely release the ball better than Aronson any, anyway. We, we know that for sure. We've seen some nice free walls from him. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Rutter and Bamford up front, if, if, if not Rodrigo and Bamford. But yeah, I think it'll be largely unchanged other than if the
1: two injured players aren't available, of course. Dan, would you agree with that or is it maybe any differences? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see Somerville for Nanto probably and maybe Harrison move over to the left and, and Strauch or perhaps Cooper left centre-back. Is Cooper fit? I think so. He might go with the, might go with the seniority of Cooper perhaps in a, in a tough game. But yeah, I think it's going to be fairly similar in the we'll, You know, We'll see Aronson at 10 probably. Uh, I mean, like Martin, I'd like to see Rodrigo or I'd like to even Rutter get a go at, at, at 10 or second strike if not, could be fun. Um I mean, the only alternate is... That, I know this is... Tom Wilson has suggested that perhaps we look at a back five, you know, like a three-five-two, 5 2 perhaps. And it's an Arsenal, that could be an option. I mean, we kind of see that situationally anyway, don't we, with, with Grassy? I think we see that without it being a, a formal formation. So I think we might see the back five Anyway, quite a bit, but you know, I wonder if you know if we are under the caution, struggling, or maybe we have you know, if we're lucky enough to have a lead to protect, we might, we might see Rasmus make an appearance and we go to the back five. You know, that's that, that's, that type of change, yeah. Like
2: you say, that we sometimes yeah. do that opposition anyway, but I f- it's almost like if you did that, if you started with that back five, you've, you're kind of accepting that you're just going to be sitting in anyway, which we probably are, but at least it shows some attack in tent if you go over back four. Um, but yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, let's talk about the tactical issues now. So, Dan, you've uh, did the research. So, do you think there's anywhere we can actually hurt Arsenal?
1: Yeah, I've, so I watched a couple of Arsenal games. And I watched them against Palace, where they which won, won quite comfortably, and and also um, Villa, which was quite a quite a ding dong game at Villa Park, and. Both both Palace and and Villa managed to get some quite good transitions against Arsenal. Quite uh, so, there was one game against Villa, the Watkins goal, which was the first game at the Villa Park. Um, the ball was turned over in Villa's half, and it was Matty Cash, I think, and he got the ball and he really drove hard out of out of, of defence and pinged a big diagonal ball over to Watkins, who carried it quite a bit. But but Watkins kind of picked up the ball in the kind of inside left channel. Uh, and I think in that situation, I think if I remember rightly, Ben White had, had powered forward and left a gap. So I think there's there'll be there'll be opportunities to you know if Leeds win the ball to ping it over that big kind of midfield midfield um and box midfield of Arsenal's and try and get balls into into uh, down the side of the um the centre backs. So I mean that's where we'll get some joy, and I think that's where we're pretty strong, isn't it? Like Somerville on non he plays. Even Harrison, even perhaps Harrison you know these these guys can get get some joy carrying the ball in those in those in those positions, and maybe we can get some joy that way. So
2: yeah, what Arsenal, you Like there's sometimes uh, times we um, white because obviously he's playing as a right back, which is he's, he's done quite well. but like not his completely natural position. He can get caught going forward. Um, so if we could perhaps try and catch them in those situations, that would probably I think would be our best chance. Um, Martin, anything? you want to add to that?
0: Well I don't think we can really hurt them with any ease yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I do think that we can disrupt them though Um, I do feel that we could possibly see something more of a passive press like we saw against against Brighton, uh, keeping a lot of bodies around the middle of the field to try to neutralise that box midfield that that, that they like. Um, We're trying to intercept balls rather than pressing and tackling to win the ball. Um, This could see us seeding more shape in wider areas, which could also be a problem. Um, But I do think that they do get most of their joy from, from the middle of the park. And I, I do think that if we can be disciplined and not be pulled out of shape, and not allow them to pull out our, our d- d- players around, it's easier said than done because they've got such quality quality of players. But if if we can do it, and <laughs> then yeah, that, that, I think that's where we can disrupt them. Um, but like Dan said, um, the biggest joy for us will be in transition. Um, we should we should attack the same way we do every night, Pinky, by hitting those transitions. Quickly getting our ball carriers on the ball and attacking wide areas and getting players to support them. That's the best way we can try to attack them, in my opinion.
2: They, when we played them at ellen Road, we we did cause them a lot of problems. um Do either of you think that we potentially we might return to some of the marshisms and try and cause them that way, or are you shaking your head, Dan? You definitely that's a no-no
1: in general play. No, I wonder if there's like maybe there might be some situations that that perhaps we can spot that you know that, that one of the centre backs is a weakness that we can use as a trigger to maybe. A, situationally press them you know there may be some moments that it may be that when the ball is played into the central area we might be able to win that ball back and play it out very quickly while while while, the, while they're compressed around the central zone so I would say we need to be there's probably moments to be aggressive but like I say situationally only if we go after them like we did in the marsh they will absolutely kill us on the flank
2: yep I would agree with that I just for it out there just in case in case anyone that's um I don't know either, either you're thinking that right um what next question now is how do you guys think this game will play out? Dan, I'll come to you on this one.
1: I think it'll be it'll be Arsenal will have the vast majority of the ball. <laughs> the the game will largely be played in our half, which is no great revelation. Um, um, I do think I think Grassi is smart enough to realise that if we go after Arsenal, we'll get killed. So I think he will play quite a passive system. I think we might see some. It might be fairly similar to Brighton in the, the Brighton game in that respect. But we might sit off, we might just try and set traps and then spring a press at that point rather than go after them in their half. Uh, and I think we'll just be under a lot of pressure. And you just got to hope that we can, we can kind of, you know, maybe game step our way out of this. You know, you know, maybe hit them on the break, nick something, you know, and then have some joy in, in, in transitional moments. But even then, I still fancy Arsenal to, to um, get, you know, get behind us and and, and, and cause us a lot of trouble. Uh, is, is, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I do think we'll we'll cause them trouble though. I think in in transitional moment, I think we can hurt them. I think they, although they do leave a good number of players back and their rest defence is fairly well set up, I think individually some of their defensive players can be got out in one-on-one situations. You know, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see us score a goal in this game. I don't think it'll be a a whitewash.
2: Martin, what about you? Yeah, I'd
0: I'd say it's very similar to what Dan said there. Um, They will have the majority of the possession. They will... Have a lot more attacks than we will. They'll have a lot more shots than we than we will, and I think we will try to hit hit them in counter attacking moments. We could maybe, maybe maybe nick a goal. I could see us getting a goal at some point. Hopefully before they do, and that that could help us a lot because then we can just in, invite pressure more easily. And but <laughs> I do still think that it will play out with Arsenal winning most likely. <laughs>
2: Okay, so uh, Martin, where do you think this game will be won and lost then?
0: um, It'll be won by Arsenal if they can pull our players out of out of the shape that I'm hoping Grattshire will have a more of a passive thing that like we saw with Brighton. If they can pull our players around and find space, then that'll be Arsenal who will have the game. That'll be bread and butter for them. Um, and we'll win the game if we can take advantage of our transitions and... Get into those quick, quickly, accurately. Get the ball out to the wide players as soon as we can, and let them carry the ball and vibe. So I think whoever's vibes is the strongest will win the day. If it's Arsenal's very sexy attacking vibes, or if it is our sexy transitional vibes,
2: whoever's vibes, best vibes, will win the day. I think that's a. It sounds like a, the beginnings of a famous quote there, Martin. Um, Dan, Dan, what about you on this one? The,
1: the way we lose this is um, one thing Arsenal like to do is obviously they like to draw the opposition into this kind of battle in the midfield, and then and and they get like a numerical so, superiority, and and the, they'll hold Martinelli and Saka. They'll, they'll stay very wide, and the, uh, and they sometimes do what we used to do under Beal. So you know they kind of isolate to overload to isolate. So they'll you'll see them draw us into a into a, or the opposition into a battle somewhere, and then the ball will get pinged out to Martinelli or pinged out to Saka. And and I guess they're hoping to then generate these kind of one on one situations. So if they generate those one on one situations, Martinelli and Saka will have ailing and furpo and, and toast. So I think we've got to really guard against that and hope that that doesn't happen too often. And if it does happen that Furpo and Ailing are good enough to just kind of slow them down, you know, while, while cover gets across. So that's how we lose. If we lose that battle, if the ball gets out to the wings in isolated situations, then you know then we get beat fairly handily. Um, so that, that's my big worry and if we can yeah you know, if we can stop that then we're fine or well, not fine but you know we have a fighting chance good stuff well i think that brings
2: us to the end of the arsenal preview and the end of the podcast as well um so we'll be back next week with a review of the arsenal match it'll be quite a quick turnaround because we've got forest away uh, forest at home on tuesday as well so we'll try and get that out as quickly as we can um after the uh, after the um arsenal game um but until then i will say thank you to dan for coming on again no worries. Cheers, mate. Thank you to Martin. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.